0: You're listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast with Paula B, and this is episode number 24. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Fitness Matters Podcast, my dear killer bees, where every week we talk about the fitness matters that matter to you. And this one, even though you don't know it yet, totally matters to you. And I'm just, I'm going to start off by telling you again, which I feel like I've done how many times lately? Thank you so much for clicking on this one because I know that that title gave you absolutely nothing. <laughs> the big but, I mean, maybe it gave you a chuckle <laughs> about that. <laughs> and now let me clarify super quickly that Everything that I am talking about today refers to butt with one T. Of course, I'm gonna make some other jokes. I mean, it's, I mean, come on, come on. (laughs) When I hand it to myself like that, that's a softball of a joke. So yeah, sure, there's gonna be butt jokes today, but, but, there's gonna be a lot of, a lot of serious talk too. Today has, um, just this super quick warning, Today has a little bit of a serious note to it. If if you are not in for it, with with hearing about, for example, I am going to be talking about my sister. And if you do not know, my sister is deceased. And I I don't think I'm going to cry. I don't feel like I'm going to. But 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 <laughs> there is going to be talk about serious stuff. So if you're not in it for that today, no worries. I have so many other podcasts and one of these days, I'm actually going to count them up. Right now of the Fitness Matters podcast, I have, I mean, this is episode number 24, but in its earlier incarnation, the Let's Run podcast, I think I must have close to 100 episodes altogether. And I am actually going to count that up so that we can have some kind of a a celebration at some point because that would be really cool. But today we are talking about the big butt and I'm going to start introducing this th- this topic to you by telling you that I learned nothing in college. <laughs> let's let's get in the Wayback machine and talk about Paula B as a young bee going to college and uh, not not really paying much attention to things. And and to be fair, I, I mean, I made it all the way through college without taking any, like, super, super hard classes. I don't know how. I have a criminology degree. I don't know if I've ever told you that. I have a degree in criminology that I have not used specifically as, you know, criminology. I feel like I've used the degree. I've used the skills that I learned of how to get through college. I use those daily. But, but the actual, like, knowledge that I learned, I... I've got nothing, and in fact, I don't remember very much. I, I remember taking case study classes. I remember, I remembered this one factoid that, um, that no matter what kind of punishment any kind of society uses, like we went through like the history of criminal law, like since since there was a history, and the rate of recidivism, meaning that once somebody has committed a crime, whether or not they will commit another crime, the rate of recidivism is the same in societies across the board, no matter if they cut off your hand for stealing or put you in jail for stealing or, you know, shun you or whatever, that people who are going to commit crimes are going to commit crimes. So I guess I learned two things in college because that's not even what we're talking about today. (laughs) But that is a fun little interesting factoid that you can just whip out at dinner parties. But here's the thing. Regarding regarding the big butt, here's here's a little something that I learned when I was in community college and I took a Philosophy 101 course. This was hands down one of the best classes I've ever taken. The professor was absolutely just magnetic. He was so interesting and the topic I found totally interesting. I mean, I mean basically a lot of what we talk about now even is kind of philosophical. It's, it's work for your brain. And so I just, I loved, loved, loved this class. Doesn't mean I remember very much about it though, because here's my one takeaway from this class. The word, but, is incredibly powerful. And anything that comes after it is automatically more important than anything that came before it. And okay, so it was the very early 1990s when I was in this class. And so I, I specifically remember the, the um, example that he gave us and it, I mean if you are so young that you were not around in the 1990s or the 1980s or earlier this might this might seem a little bit um, a little bit sexist because things were in the 90s so his example of how to tell how to hear that the word but has this much weight to it is that when you say she's rich but ugly you know that the most important thing in that sentence is that she's ugly but when you say she's ugly but rich you can hear, I mean, partly from the way I'm, I'm saying it, but, but you can hear that the thing that comes after the but is the most important part of that sentence. It's the part of your sentence that's going to lead you to make decisions. Whether you are thinking about it or not, this is the important thing. It is what your brain is focusing on. And it's such a natural part of language. We don't hear it. I mean, we don't, we don't think about it. We simply say these things and do these things without really giving much consideration to the consequences. And so here's how, here's how this applies to you. I will tell you how often I, as a fitness trainer, as your personal fitness trainer and your best fitness friend, how often I hear you saying, but. I wanna lose weight, but it's so hard for me. I tried running, but I wasn't very good at it. I'm doing all the right workouts, but I'm not getting the results I'm looking for. You guys, we say the word "but" so, so, so often and we don't hear it. And in fact, I am gonna give you some practical tips today. I mean, there's, there's always some practical tips and it almost always seems to start with listen for it because here's the thing that I found so, so fascinating. I've known about this principle of the big butt for, uh, oh dear, how long ago is that, 30 years? Yes, so more than half my life I've known about this and I've understood what it means, but I've very, very recently heard it in my own life in a way that I was absolutely not expecting. And so here's where we're gonna talk about my sister. So I have been a runner for years, years and years now. I started running in 2006. So I've loved, loved running and racing forever and it's something that i consider a huge part of my life my personality and i i enjoy racing really specifically like i love to run running is super fun but i really 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 love to race and my sister used to come to not all of my races but a fair few of them i i associate her with either being at the finish line or being, you know, somewhere on course. She was not a runner by any <laughs> any remote stretch. I mean, I think I think one summer she like kind of started getting into it and then it was like, yeah, no, I really don't like this and it hurts and you know, I want I want to run but I wasn't good at it. <laughs> was probably exactly what she said. But my sister was really really good about being there for other people no matter what they were into. So since I was into running, she could have cared less about running, but she was there for me. And so I have associated running and racing with her, even though, even though she had very little to do with, with either one. But I noticed after she died that I still love running and racing. Like I still greatly enjoy the the thrill of training and the the challenge of racing. And I knew, I knew on some level that I was having difficulty with it. And I, I thought that it was kind of, you know, a regular amount of grief. And to be fair, the the races that I did after she died. I mean, I I've told this story how the the next race that I did was 110K. It was a particularly difficult race. It wasn't supposed to be easy. It wasn't like I was out running some, you know, some fun run that the challenges that I gave myself to, I mean, my my somewhat motive behind that was to simply challenge myself. I mean, looking back now, I can tell that I was trying to run away from my grief, but but I I wanted to challenge myself. I still like challenging myself. I mean, it wasn't outside my scope to be running some kind of an ultra. It was probably a little bit outside my good idea zone <laughs> to run an ultra after her death, but but there you go. I mean, I, it, what's done is done. In any event, I, I knew that I had kind of struggled. I knew that I felt a little... Well, specifically with the 110k, I felt a little disappointed. I felt like I had could I could have performed better. And then the races that I did last year in 2019, I I felt Good and I had some very strong performances, but overall I still felt like I was kind of struggling. And again, to be fair, I was pushing myself. I mean, I was doing nothing but ultras. I ran a handful of 50ks. I ran uh, longer races. I, you know, I was pushing myself. So when when I reached the finish line of my 50 miler in August of 2019. I I honestly don't remember how it came to me other than I had I had plenty of time afterwards. It was it was a fine race. I finished. It was it was a very very difficult race as so many of them are. But I remember really kind of going over it in my mind more than more than normal. And it wasn't that I felt unsatisfied with the race, it was that I knew that there was something else going on. And when it really hit me, was actually not immediately after the race, but when I was recovering from the race, I spent time losing weight. And I actually talked about this during a podcast when it was still the Let's Run podcast. And I will link that for you in the show notes. Um, Wherever you're watching or listening, there's always a way to get to the show notes. You might just have to search for them. Um, I talked about how I lost weight at 49 during menopause. And I talked about how I got down to the weight that I was before my sister died. And how no sooner had I had that thought, than I bounced right back up. <laughs> I went up like two pounds, three pounds, almost like within a week. Because there was this part of me that was like, I can never be quite as happy as I was before Vicki died. And I realized upon mulling this over, thinking about my weight loss journey and thinking about my life, I realized that what I had been telling myself since she had passed away about my running was that I love running and racing, but Vicky's dead. And that that second half, everything after the big butt, is the part that my brain is focusing on. That it doesn't even seem related, that, that of course I can still love running and racing, and it it shouldn't seem to matter that that my sister is dead but it was affecting my ability to be happy, my ability to enjoy myself, my ability to perform at my peak, my ability to lose weight, my ability to enjoy Christmas, my ability to do lots of things. I realized, once I heard it one time, I realized how often I'd been saying it to myself that I, I love such and such, but Vicki's dead. I enjoy such and such, but Vicki's dead. There was a but covering so, so much of my life. And that, that should really turn into a joke, except that it's not very funny. I, it's not very funny to realize how much your butt has been holding you back. There we go. There's a funny one. <laughs> because, because there's really, not, in, not just in my case, in every case, there's no reason to hold yourself back. The thing about the big butt is that it doesn't need to hold more weight, whatever it is. I mean, even something as serious as losing a loved one, there's no no reason to hold yourself back. There's no reason to have a butt in any of your sentences that are regarding your goals, your dreams, things you enjoy, things you love. And yet, I think a lot of us have this big but. (laughs) Another one. Another one. I can't help it. I mean, I mean, come on. Come on. But here's the thing, but here's the thing. My practical steps, there's there's really just the one, is that you need to listen for it. I mean, there is there is more, but listening for it took me, as you just heard, almost three years. Well, no, not that's not true. Almost two years. It took me two years to hear that I had been saying but in my head every single day about a lot of different things. You are saying it too. I, I can say that with, with just no holds barred. I know for a fact that you have some butt that is holding you back and you don't hear it. Listen for your butt. In fact, I'm going to give you a little bit of homework because I'm I'm kind of paying attention to it, and you might be kind of paying attention to it also since we're talking about it right now. Listen to how many times I have said it in this podcast. I've pointed it out a couple of times because, again, we notice it, but... But pay it but, again, pay attention to exactly how often I've said it and exactly what the second part of my sentence was. You'll realize, well, you'll, I mean, hopefully it will actually hammer home the, the point that I'm trying to make here today, that it's way more important than anything that came before it. So here's the second thing that I learned in this philosophy class, and I'm pretty sure this is the only two things that I learned. But during this conversation, when we were talking about but, the professor was also contrasting it with the word and. When you have a sentence that has the word but in the middle of it, the second half is what you are focusing on. When you have a sentence that has the word and in it, both sides of that sentence have equal weight. They have equal claim on your brain and what you are focusing on. And so this is kind of my, my step two. Once you can hear how often you're saying but to yourself, see if you can replace it with the word and. I love running and racing and Vicky's dead. They both hold the same weight I don't have to negate running and racing because of the second half of the sentence. They're both equally important. And then, and then, for bonus credit, for bonus homework, (laughs) is that you could actually, eventually, start to work on switching the positions. Listen to how different it sounds It's hard for me, but I really wanna lose weight. I wasn't very good at it, but I tried running. I'm not getting results, but I'm doing all the right workouts. Listen to how, even though you're still not getting results, even though you still don't love running, even though you're still maybe not currently losing weight, listen to how different it feels in your mind and what you will focus on when you switch the sentences around. It gives you the chance to focus on the result you actually want, to focus on the part of the sentence that you are claiming you want, but you are holding yourself back with the big butt. And I will tell you in my own, in my own big butt journey, <laughs> where I do a lot of squats, but in my own big butt journey, I am currently on step two. I'm currently thinking to myself, and I'm thinking it consciously. I mean, this is every everything we've ever talked about when you are trying to replace an old thought. I mean, for example, just recently, when we talked about old thoughts, you have to practice replacing that thought. This is something that I'm saying to myself consciously, maybe not every day, um, uh, quite, quite often though, when I run, I mean, right now, I'm not, right now, I'm not gearing up for any kind of a race and we'll, we'll just see whether or not there's any racing in the cards for 2020, but I am still enjoying running. And so therefore often when I am running, I think to myself, I love running and racing and Vicky's dead. And I know that sounds like such a funny thing to think to myself <laughs> while I'm running. Like, why would you bring that up, Paula? I bring it up to myself on purpose, because I know that when I think something on purpose, it helps me not be thinking something unconsciously or subconsciously, because trust me, that subconscious but has been there whether I've heard it or not. So consciously thinking to myself the and sentence is helping me reframe this thought. And when it comes up in other places, too, where I notice myself holding back for some reason, I automatically just go to grief because it has been such an overarching, like, Period of my life where I feel like if something doesn't seem like it's going well, I can go ahead and just pin it on grief because it's the most obvious thing. I'm sure there's other. I'm sure there's other things holding me back too. But but it's really nice to be able to just say, you know what? I'm going to start with this, and I'm going to start consciously thinking this on purpose. I'm going to add an and into the sentence, and see if I can mitigate some of the but. And when you get good at that. Notice how I did that on purpose, rather than but. And when you get good at that, because you will. It's just practice. It's not something that's like, I mean, it is a skill, but it's saying a sentence in your head. I mean, there's not a lot involved in this skill. There's not a lot you have to do. It's not like you have to learn, you know, how to jump out of an airplane. There's, There's nothing more to it than simply repeating a sentence that will be helpful to you in your head. It's, it's a, it feels like a difficult skill, but I promise you it's not. When you get good at the and, you can try switching them around once in a while. See how it feels. The trick here is that you're not going to convince yourself of something that you don't really believe. So don't skip over the and part and simply try and switch it around to the but on the other side, which I mean, I can't even imagine, (laughs) but, don't don't immediately jump straight for the opposite of what you've been telling yourself, is my point here. And we've talked about this a couple times too. In fact, I feel like this is almost exactly what we talked about with old thoughts. Rather than trying to go directly to, you know, everything's perfectly fine, just go ahead and, and live with the and and occasionally try putting the but the other direction around and see how it feels. Eventually, with enough work on the and, the reverse but is going to feel better. And if that's where you just came into this podcast, (laughs) there's nothing about that sentence that made sense. Thankfully, you've been listening this whole time. You guys, I would love to know. I would love to know about your big butt. Please, please feel free to leave a comment. Come find me in the Killer Beehive. Find me on social. You know where I am. I'm literally everywhere. I, I really do. I would love to make butt jokes with you. And I would love to hear what it is that, that you've had behind your butt that's been holding you back i I can't help believe it on a joke like that you guys thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you again soon